it's been a good reminder for us just how much those two years meant to us. Like we really learned so much and had a lot of valuable lessons and went through some really, really hard times. Hey everybody, welcome to Love the Nilsons. I'm Thomas. My name is Alyssa. And we're here to share our story. Discuss relationships. Talk about raising our kids. Be advocates for mental health. Share our faith. And whatever else life may throw our way. Let's do this. Woo! Welcome back, everybody, to this week's edition of Love the Nelsons. Hey, guys. We are happy to have you here listening again. This week makes episode number three. Lucky number three. We're excited to have you back here, and we're excited to talk about, um, continue talking about, rather, our story here. And we are now into the long-awaited two years apart from each other. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> when Thomas left to go on his church mission. So we are going to get into the fun details of that. It's crazy. We've been kind of reviewing what we want to talk about before we started. And I haven't thought about a lot of this stuff for a while. It's funny as we've been remembering this, how much we actually don't remember. And we're thinking like our minds, like it was like such an emotionally charged Mm -hmm. moment in time that just forgot a lot of it. Memories are failing us for some of this stuff, but we've got We've got a lot, and we've got some notes written down to help us remember, so we're not just going to be flying totally by the seat of our pants here this week, so. So where we had left off, we had just finished our first semester of college. I was at UVU, and you were at BYU, and then you headed home to California, and I was just up in Utah, but luckily for me, um, my family had always gone and done Christmas in California with all of my extended family, so we already had plans to be down in California for a little while, as well as um, one of my roommates was from Temecula as well. And so we had already planned to kind of make the trip down and travel together and stuff like that. So we knew we still got to see each other. Yeah, so we didn't have to do a big goodbye after the semester. And we knew we'd have a few more weeks because I was set to leave. January 11th was the date that I was going to leave. So like Alyssa said, came down for Christmas. She was able to spend Christmas with her family slash extended family in Orange County. I was with my family in Temecula. And then, I mean, I don't think we saw each other on Christmas Day. I don't even know if we got each other gifts. Yeah, I don't remember. Probably something lame like a tie. You probably got me a tie just like everybody else. Although, shout out to my brothers-in-law. They did get me a pair of uh, soccer shoes to be able to play with in Argentina. So that was the highlight of that Christmas. (laughs) Anyway, um, so we had the Christmas and then you stayed i think it was like through new year's yeah that week after christmas i think we kind of just hung out with some friends hung out with each other went to the beach i don't know anything else you remember no but do you remember the beach that was a fun one with friends i think looking back we even were in at the beach in january in california in our bathing suits even it was gotta love that (laughs) there's no way we went in the water but been way too cold um so that was fun. We got to make some fun last memories and be with friends and stuff. And then we were trying to remember, before we started recording today, we were trying to remember what our last date was before we said goodbye. And we like, it's kind of fuzzy, actually. It's super fuzzy. We went out to dinner, we decided. We're pretty sure we went out to eat. I remember like sitting in a booth, I think, with yeah. you. I remember what I, I was know. wearing. I was wearing my... uh 
blue and yellow striped sweater i'm pretty sure <laughs> that's all i remember because then I then we went home to my house just like honestly we kind of hung know, out my parents were there we kind of hung out for a second we tried not to cry we did that thing where we draw like faces on our chins and then lay upside down and you like we we're literally just killing time just trying to we were just avoiding the inevitable yeah. it was really nerve-wracking quite frankly i remember my heart just pounding like this was like Something neither of us had ever done in our lives before. Well, but for us, though, we had had this big goodbye, you know, what? The senior year, year one you're talking about, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, so like a year and a half ago. We had had like a big goodbye a year and a half before. So I feel like we had gotten, like, we, it was almost like a mini. Like, we had prepped Like a for taste this. of what it would be like, kind of. Yeah, kind but of, it's but like, like we, we were knew still... we would see each other. Yeah. And so this one was just different because um, at the time when missionaries left... Um, to go and do service and go and teach people about the gospel. I mean, it was essentially you could write letters and that was it. You could email your family. Yeah, I was able to email my immediate family and Alyssa was able to, we were able to write letters, like she said. So getting ready to send you off. I mean, we were saying goodbye for two years and just communicating via letters. So that was... Yeah, no, no phone calls, no FaceTime. FaceTime didn't even exist then, but like it was literally just handwritten letters at that point in time. Yeah. Which was a little intimidating, but still not ideal. So we said goodbye. Do you remember that goodbye? Like, I, I remember how sad it was. <laughs> no, I, I think, like I said, everything's kind of fuzzy up until that point, but then I do remember like the actual like last hug last kiss like it was you were staying at your friend we've mentioned before briar shout out to you briar you're mentioned quite a bit in the story <laughs> but we were you were staying at her house i remember taking you up to her porch and mm-hmm. ooh, ooh. crying and hugging <laughs> oh it's hitting me right now a little bit <laughs> like yeah a hug i think in that moment we had told each other we were going to try to make that pretty quick yeah uh, but oof. so we hugged kissed you went inside and, oh man. Collapsed I, on the floor in Briar's house. Yeah, <laughs> I'm pretty you, sure. You collapsed there. I drove back to my house, which was just around the corner. I parked the car in the driveway and tried to walk inside. But it's not like my strength was failing me. I just needed some time alone for just yeah. a second before I went in and talked to my parents. But I remember sitting out there on the grass in my front yard. Christmas lights were up and so they were kind of illuminating the yard. And I just sat there on the grass just like... I don't know if at that point I was crying yet or I stopped crying, but I just remember sitting there just feeling like numb and quite frankly, I felt scared. Like I didn't know, I knew I would see you again, but I didn't know what it would look like the next time I saw you. And then from there I went inside and my parents were waiting for me and I cried to them and they consoled me for a bit, but it was, it was emotional for sure. Cause in that moment, I mean, Two years is a while, That's and so a super long time. we didn't know. Like, I mean, yeah, did we talk about how we would want to see each other when you got home? Yes, like, but I mean, who knew what would happen in those two years? Like, if you would move on, if I would move on, if I would meet somebody else, like, we just didn't know what was ahead of us. We so. didn't know if our personalities would match. It's just a lot of time where a lot of things can change we're apart not Mm -hmm. having very frequent communication at all so a lot of unknowns and if anybody knows me they know that i don't handle unknowns super (laughs) great i've improved over the years but 
change and unknown is something that's very difficult and does not come naturally to me. So I think it was, it was a lot of that that we had to work through. Yeah. And I get asked all the time, even to this day, like, well, did you wait for him on his mission? And I, let me just tell you, I can't stand that, those words. Like, did I wait for him? I mean, did we want to see each other again when you got home? Absolutely. But single. Did I, yeah, did I sit and just, like, wait for you to get home for two years? No? Like, I went on dates, and we can talk more about that. But, like, I don't, I still, like, don't really say I necessarily waited for you. I think it's fair to say you waited and dated. That's yeah, kind of the phrase you've I come was, up with. I was very just aware, and yeah. I wanted to at least go on a couple dates with you when you got home. Like, at a minimum. So that's kind of like where my mindset was, was like, I at least, I at least had to give you a chance when you got home because of our history. Like I couldn't just write all that off. I think I need to thank your parents because your parents, I think specifically said they would not let you get married without giving me a chance. I mean, granted, like you parents. Yeah. Granted, if it really came down to it, I probably could have made my own choice. But my mom was seriously like, I really feel like. With all that you guys have been through, like, you need to at least, even if you meet somebody that you're certain you want to marry them, that is fine, but you give Thomas one date when he gets home. Hex, yeah, I never got that close, but let's get into you, like, actually leaving. So we said goodbye, and then, I mean, So we said goodbye. I drove up from California with my parents in the car, like, 10 hours we drove up um to provo utah where the mtc or missionary training center is for those who aren't familiar with the acronym missionary training center or mtc is where all newly called missionaries report to train train to Mm -hmm. learn how to teach if you're learning a new language like i was in my case spanish um you take language lessons and you learn how to be a missionary quite frankly i remember getting dropped off it's like a curbside drop off they make it as quick as you can like i grabbed my stuff there was another missionary there to grab some of my stuff and it was a hug to my parents and i didn't want to look back because i knew it would be so hard so i was walking down the curb down the sidewalk and my mom calls out to me and she says turn around and give me an i love you sign and i was like okay i can't not do that so i turned around flashed an i love you sign with my hands an iconic picture an iconic picture (laughs) with so much emotion going through my head at that time because then from there it literally felt like i was drafted into an army and sometimes when you serve a mission they refer to it as god's army and let me tell you that's what it felt like i went in i got some books for studying i went and dropped my suitcases off got my name tag they showed me where all the things was it literally felt like i was being enlisted in an army and then after like this rush of getting everything, like I sat down at a computer to do some intro, like check-in or something. I can't remember, but at that moment, I remember sitting there thinking, "Holy cow, this is beginning two years of me not seeing." And I'm like getting teary-eyed thinking about that <laughs> moment because it was like this, "Whoa, this is real!" Like I'm beginning this time of not seeing my friends or family for two years, and it really forced me to think like wait why am I doing this like this is crazy why am I doing this and so in that moment I was like reminded of why I was doing this to help people like the church and the gospel had served me so well in my life and I wanted others to have that I wanted 
you know, families th- that I would be able to teach to be with their families forever. Like, I'll be away from my family for two years so that other families can be together with theirs for forever. And so it was it was a fire of faith, I guess you could say, um, jumping head first into there and adjusting to missionary life. Do you feel like you had to remind yourself of that reason often? Like, was that a one-time thing on your mission of like, oh, I know I'm doing this, or like, was that something that you had to reiterate, like, I know I'm out here for a reason, because that's not easy to be away from your family, so a lot of people are probably like, what the heck, why would you do that, why would you pause school, like, why would you not be working, or dating this really hottie, cute girl back, like, yeah, I mean, it was definitely not a one-time thing. That was the first time that I remember of many times. But, like, that was the first time where it hit me where I was, like, literally backed up to the wall of, like, my faith. Like, okay, now I have to take make my stand, you know? Like, up before then, it was kind of all talk. Like, yeah, I'm going on my mission. But, like, at that point, it was like, no, I'm going on my mission. Mm -hmm. Like, wow, this is real. And that happened many times because missions are so hard as... You can imagine anybody that's done any kind of like door-to-door sales will know the feeling of rejection. It's similar to that, but a little different, obviously, but it's the same feeling, constant rejection, being made fun of, quite frankly, for believe, standing up for what you believe and things like that. But yeah, no, it was constant throughout my mission, having to remind myself like, no, this is why I'm doing this. And my family inspired me, you inspired me, and quite frankly, I did not do this on my own. Like I am a firm believer that I had God's help with me too, giving me extra strength to, to overcome challenges and things like that. But, and while I was going through this, I know like I was going through a lot and changing my surroundings and my lifestyle, but you also were adjusting now at this point too. Yeah. I mean, so you left and I was still basically in the same situation i was at uvu and um luckily for me i had some really amazing roommates who i loved being with and living with and i had plenty of classes to keep me busy and things like that so it was really tough though because while you were in the mtc we were what still only 10 minutes away from each other yeah (laughs) but we couldn't see each other and so even there was even times where i was like literally seconds away from you and I would make sure every with everything in me that I would not see you I'm like I I'm like I don't want to have to deal with that I don't want to see him so that was tough because you were in the MTC for how many weeks I was supposed to be nine but then I had issues with my visa arriving so they kept me a little bit longer thinking it was gonna show up and I was gonna go but long story short I was there for 13 weeks So for 13 weeks, we were living 10 minutes apart from each other and couldn't see. Two two or three, what? Three to five (laughs) miles apart. So that was just pure torture. It was eerie in a way. (laughs) Like we're living like these parallel lives, but uh, not actually there. Like there was like. You were so far away, but you were close. (laughs) It was. It was tricky. It was tough. So that was like, that was tough. And every time, like every week that would go by that you were supposed to leave, but you kept waiting for your visa. I'm like, please just go. She wanted like, me just out. Just get out of here. And like, I wanted I to too. It was, yeah, it was time to get out. And... 
So then eventually they sent you from the MTC. You were still waiting on your visa, but they were like, okay, fine, we'll just send you somewhere else for the time being. They they said, okay, you've worn out your welcome here at the <laughs> MTC, and so we're going to temporarily reassign you, is what they called it, to uh, the Idaho Pocatello mission. As you recall, I was originally called to Argentina Buenos Aires West, but they reassigned me to the Idaho Pocatello mission where I was for two months and luckily i was able to be there in a spanish-speaking area so i was working with um being able to utilize my spanish and try to practice that it wasn't like i had to totally quit learning for a couple months but that was a fun experience it was great people two months went by fast also felt slow as i was waiting for my visa um, which finally came in in june is when i finally left and by this time you've completed a semester entirely yeah. and started summer jobs now at this point yeah and... so that was crazy like by the time you finally made it to argentina like yeah my school semester was over and i will say too i planned to date while you were gone like that was something we both talked about and planned and something i wanted to do as well um and I hadn't gone on a date at this point. I was just not ready, I guess. I wasn't interested. I wasn't ready. And so I chose not to go on any dates. That was my own choice at the time. Um, but then summertime came around. It had been, you know, almost six months at this. I guess it had been six months at this point. Yep. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. I got asked out on a date. And I still remember, like, vividly just freaking out before this date. And ironically, this guy asked me to go to a baseball game with him. I'm like, oh, my gosh. If this guy only knew, like, what this is going to do to me, going and sitting at a baseball game with him. Poor guy. Never stood a chance. And I just remember (laughs) sitting there next to this sweet guy. He was a gentleman. It was, like, fine, but... I remember sitting there next to him and some foul balls came our way a few times and the guy just couldn't catch a foul ball. And I already was like, well, I'm just like, <laughs> sorry, dude. Like, I dated a real good baseball player. Like, I'm just not interested. But I do remember before that date freaking out. I was with my mom and my sisters and I'm pretty sure at one point I was crying and it was this whole dramatic Why thing. was it so hard? Just because it was the first date? Because it, it was the first date. And I just, I didn't want to go. Just conjured up feelings of our relationship. Yeah, I just was like, oh, this is so stupid. Like, But I you just, knew you wanted to go on dates, though. I know. Was so it I just breaking get, the initial barrier, yes, I guess? I had to get past that, like, first initial, just like, okay, I just got to do this. And he was, like, a cute, nice guy. I wasn't, like, interested or anything. But I was like, okay, let's just try this. This will be fun. And I remember my mom saying, like, you don't have to go on this date. Because I was freaking out so bad and I was like, yes, I do. Like, I do have to go. And I'm glad that I did. But, but yeah, it was, it was good. I just, I wanted those experiences and I, I wanted to make sure that as these two years passed, I fulfilled, like, my life to what I wanted it to be. Like, I wanted you to come home and I could say, like, I have worked hard in school, I have worked hard in church, and I've also dated, and I know I still want to be with you. And so I think that's why I forced myself to go on that first date, because I felt like if I could date for those two years while you were gone, and you come home and I still am in love with you, 
then there was no question in my mind that we were meant to be. Yeah, you didn't want to put your life on pause no, for two years. No, absolutely not. And for good reason. That would have been silly to do yeah, that. Like, you no. needed to live your life, I think, is yeah. kind of the point you're trying to make. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's why the question of, like, well, did you wait for him bothers me because... I just, I don't like the sound of complacency, I guess. It's like a connotation that you just kind of were like sitting around, but you were yeah. working your tail off. Yes, like you, I was. you mentioned a little bit that you were in school, but you, I don't know if we mentioned it in the previous episode, but Alyssa knew exactly what she wanted to do. She wanted to be a dental hygienist. Mm-hmm. And so she kind of, from the beginning, you had pretty much all your classes mapped out oh, yeah, and you had ready. your semesters planned through your entire college four pretty years, much. right? Yeah. And so she had a vision in mind of what she was going to become. Like, I still to this day thank the heavens for how hard Alyssa worked <laughs> when I was on my mission. Like, it's it needs to be made very clear that Alyssa was not just loafing around while I was there, just kind of <laughs> casually <laughs> living by. She was living very, very productively. Yeah. Productively? Productively? productivity um (laughs) intentionally intentionally yes it was a very concerted effort that she is putting forth which i am still so grateful for and admire so much in her like it was hard for her i know um what i was doing was hard in its own right but Alyssa was also going through hard things and in its own way too so it was also that summer that i took anatomy and that was quite the summer. That class was so hard, but I had a really awesome experience. I made an incredible friend in that anatomy lab class. And one of the first times we were hanging out, she it got brought up that we both were riding some cute boys on missions and her boyfriend had just left on his mission. And so for her, she was like, oh my gosh, you've made it six months. And for me, I was like, oh, you can do it. Like he just had left. And so we were able to bond over that. And so I was super grateful for that support. And here we are still friends to this day, like 10 years later. But so it was just so nice to be able to have support and someone to kind of share experiences with that they like truly understood. I want to hear about how you felt when you got to Argentina though. Dude, it was awesome at first. Very important note that at first it was awesome. Like we got picked up by um, the, the person that kind of like oversees the mission area, the mission boundaries is called our mission president. And he was an American. He picked us up. We went on a bus with all the new missionaries and went out to eat at this amazing barbecue place. They call it un asado. We had like all we started to get the culture. And I'm like, this is awesome. Like, I'm going to crush this Argentina thing. Everybody's wearing their soccer jerseys, which I had prepped for. And it's like, all right, I'm going to get into soccer. This is amazing. The food. I hear spe- people speaking the language and I don't understand it. And I'm like, that's okay. I'll figure it out. <laughs> I was just full of all this optimism. And then I get to like my first area. I get my assigned companion. He was awesome. He was also an American and had been there a while. And he kind of had the, the lay of the land. And the initial wow factor quickly wore off when I had been in our apartment for like I think it was less than a week and I was like what the heck am I doing here it was cold in our apartment it was kind of dirty um within the first I think two days I think it was on my second day officially out in my area I was robbed like this guy came up to us pretending like he was all cool 
And then he pulled out this big long knife and was like, "Okay, oh give gosh. me your phone." And we're like, "What?" And it was nuts. I Did thought you I was going to die. That happened in, I, in the moment. I wasn't going to, but then I was like, "No, I'll tell her because it's kind of cool." But <laughs> I don't think she it wasn't that cool. Way. Mom did not appreciate that, so it got robbed and ended with him giving us a hug, saying, "All right, see you guys." And I was like, "All right, what just happened?" So, got robbed, got bit by a dog. I think I pooped my pants from <laughs> diarrhea for the food, the food. <laughs> which in our mission, it was called being a true missionary. If you completed the first three tasks of being bit by a dog, pooping your pants and being robbed. So cross that, <laughs> cross that off the list in the first like week. Oh, no. So it was intense culture shock. And I was like, again, like I mentioned before, when I first got to the MTC, the question of what am I doing here came up many times and it, ironically enough my first area was right by the airport too so there's planes all the time and i'm like dude i could just hop on one of these and go back home and call it call it quits and i'd be lying if i said that that thought didn't cross my mind but it did but it was in this these intense moments where i feel like i developed this sense of like i don't know if you want to call it grit or just determination to to work through difficult things and Again, could not have done it by myself. I had Alyssa inspiring me, my family inspiring me, and I would be remiss if I didn't give credit to to God for what he was helping me through too. So that was the initial entry into Argentina for sure. It It was a whirlwind, but then I started to settle in and kind of got the lay of the land and was able to talk a little bit better and it got better from there it got better not easier i'm not gonna say it got easier but it definitely got better so. yeah yeah and i feel like too at that point it was like it'd been six months i got past like going on this first date that was just so traumatic. emotionally traumatic for me um and then i got the chance to go back down to school um and for me it kind of worked out um my roommate like i had mentioned was from our hometown and she actually ended up running off and getting married that um summer and so i needed a new roommate and long story short um i asked this random girl who i had kind of been in class with a few times and i kept seeing her in the hallway at school and i just was like hey, this is super probably kind of weird. Um, You seem nice and I keep passing you by and this can't be a coincidence anymore, but I need a roommate. Do you want to be my roommate? And she said, no, you weirdo, get out of here. <laughs> and she was like, oh my gosh, I am looking for a roommate down here. And we became roommates that fall semester. And now here we are 10 years later, like best of friends and it was honestly like the best gift that I could have been given she seriously is amazing her name's Maddie she'll probably be brought up at some point too um some more in this story but but so Maddie and I became roommates and Maddie was prepping to do nursing school that was really amazing to be able to be with Maddie so I feel like both of us just got in a groove like I was really busy with school I really loved my roommates at the time I had Maddie but then I had some other really great roommates and we just settled in I was really busy at school I had like random jobs all the time like so I just feel like we both settled in um I 
had the chance to be a part of something called the Institute Council. To be honest, I had no idea what that even was before. But at UVU, um, we had the option to take religion classes, not necessarily affiliated with the school, but um, just through our church. And there are so many members here in Utah, they, they give you the option to go to Utah Valley's Institute. And so I had been going there just taking a couple religion classes, um, which was great. I could just study various things with my peers. Um, and I got asked to be one of their vice presidents. I didn't even know what the heck that was. But essentially what I got to do is just help with some activities. So that helped me meet a lot of people. That kept me so busy. It was fairly time consuming. Um, I was busy with my own church that I was going to and my roommates in school and everything like that. So yeah, so I just was so busy. Do you feel like the busy was, I mean, was it beneficial to you or like was it overwhelming? How did you manage that and all the, how did you balance everything? Because you had school, church, institute, council, work. Sometimes I didn't balance it very well. Oh, I... I think it's useful to share. Like, I mean, you say you didn't balance it well, but like here you are and you did, you survived and did super well. Honestly, the busy was helpful. And I think having the religion priorities like intertwined to everything helped me just kind of keep what was important. So I just had to have everything scheduled out really well. I had a really specific schedule. I usually was up pretty early. My roommates would make fun of me if any of you are listening um, I do not like staying up late. That is just not me. It's never been me. We're pushing 1030 right now, too. So we might have to cut this thing short. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I do not enjoy staying up late. So I I mean, I would be in bed before midnight, probably. But then I, I would choose to wake up earlier. So I'd wake up earlier. I mean, honestly, probably close to six or earlier. Um, and I would study and I would have to have I had um, religion meetings. But then I also had class and work. And so just keeping really scheduled and also keep my priorities and then also still finding time to hang out with my friends too um because that was also really important to me in those relationships there so but sometimes I didn't do that good I didn't know how to manage the stress honestly looking back wait so you mean you were human (laughs) she's human everybody looking back I was a stress case and I did not know how to deal I have come a long way I used to be so stressed all the time and now i feel like i can manage that way way better so you sure i don't add to the stress oh uh, only sometimes but most of the time not <laughs> that's good that's good so i mean essentially the busyness i think was good for us it kind of got us in a little bit of a groove it forced us to to schedule and map out our days i mean yeah. as a missionary that's all, all of what you're doing yeah. is scheduling things every day and having a set schedule and eventually i think we started to get in a groove we're skipping kind of forward like there's a lot of details i could give about my mission you could give a lot of details about school but i think it's important to note that even when we start to get in a groove there's going to be bumps in the road there's going to be hiccups and i faced one of those hiccups on my mission i was about i think it was literally halfway through i think Mm -hmm. it was in january uh after a year and i felt what I now can recognize as serious anxiety, mm-hmm. um, obsessive compulsive disorder um, tendencies, 
um, which which I still have to this day. But at that time, I had no idea what OCD was really. Like I knew how people expressed OCD as being extremely organized or washing your hands. That's what I thought OCD was. Um, but I was really ran into a brick wall essentially of coming to terms with perfectionism and trying to be absolutely perfect. As a missionary, you have so many rules to follow. And if I didn't follow them strictly, exactly, I felt extreme guilt and worry and which is not what those rules were there for. No, not there for that. The rules are there to just keep you focused and, you know, living a good missionary life like not being a distraction to the church or the gospel whatever and keeping you safe in other countries and keeping me safe in a foreign country (laughs) and i was living those as best i could but it was still i would read between the lines and it it got to the point where for me it was like over analyzing everything i did wondering why if i had a bad day a bad lesson with somebody i was teaching like oh that means i did something wrong and so Eventually, it led me to the point where my, like I mentioned earlier, the, the leader, the older presiding man of the mission, the, the mission president, like I mentioned, he had me go visit um, a therapist, which at the time I was like, what is going on? Like at that time, like, I don't know, therapy didn't seem as mainstream, especially for a missionary. It's like, you are tough. You can do this. You work through the pain mm-hmm. and rejection. And so I went and saw this therapist and it was amazing quite frankly it was it was the beginning of my experience and exposure to therapy which we'll touch on later um how i had to see a therapist more in my life and still do to this day but seeing that therapist was eye-opening to me to realize like oh my gosh what i'm going through is real it's not just in my head even though it feels like it's in my head it's a real thing other people deal with it and it really opened my eyes to the importance of mental health. And again, at that time, I had no idea. I didn't know exactly what anxiety was or what it felt like for me or what OCD was. But it, now looking back, I'm like, that was a monumental moment for me to go see that therapist and get back in a healthier state of mind. And not that I immediately was healed and felt better, but... Or no, I did feel bad, better rather, but like it's not like I immediately turned it around and it was a process still. But I don't know. It was it was a key moment for me and helped me kind of click things back into the groove, which was important because short, shortly after that, I got sent out to my next area, super far out away from the city, into the compo where I was tasked with kind of like leading and running like the small group of like church mem- members out there where it was. Mm-hmm very important that I took care of myself mentally and so if if you're struggling with your mental health I think it's very important that you see somebody to talk about it because you're not alone and it's real and it's not anything to be ashamed about which at the time like looking back I'm embarrassed to admit I was a little bit ashamed that I had to go see a therapist I felt like I was weak but in reality I think it was a sign of strength and we talk now like now here we are what 10 years later And we have spent so much time learning about anxiety and OCD and talking about it and going to therapy. And so now looking back on your mission where you were away from family in a different country and dealing with this like really intense perfectionism because of your OCD and this really intense anxiety, like it is truly incredible that you like 
stayed for two years that on your I mission. stayed functioning at all. Like, it is, it's honestly a miracle. We just, like, we still talk all the time just how much strength he had to muster to finish his mission and to stay out there and to keep going forward with a goal that he had. He had a goal to stay for two years and man you like could have had every reason to leave like you were struggling mentally and it was not easy for you and somehow you were able to push through and to do it I mean now knowing what we know about um OCD and everything like it's truly I was not in a a good place no you were not and and you just didn't know like you had I never just thought been... I was in a funk like yeah. just going through like in a rut you like, know oh, it's hard I'm away from my family like I'm learning a new language I'm trying to teach people something that's really important so I mean again we've already talked about this but when you went through this do you feel like again you wondered like what am I doing here like why am I here like I should just go home like I'm struggling mentally anxiety is not a fun feeling to have at all Um, And yet you still kept pushing forward. Yeah, I mean, at that point, I I was so deep in the throes of what I was feeling that, like, the question came up, like, wow, what am I doing here? I could go home. But then because of how I was feeling, I immediately got angry at myself and felt like I was a bad person for thinking that. Like, the way OCD manifests itself for me and that I've now figured out over all these years is through through my thoughts and seeking reassurance and verification. Um, and I didn't have any of that, which we'll talk more eventually about how OCD works for me, but getting that reassurance is kind of just fueling the OCD. So it was kind of a blessing in disguise that I didn't have somebody there to tell me like, Oh, it's okay. Like it'll be okay. Like I had people telling me that and it's okay to tell somebody it's going to be okay. Obviously that's totally fine. But in that moment, deep in the throes of it, That's I felt bad know. for thinking, like, oh, man, this is tough. Like, I thought, like, no, like, you know, as as a missionary, you're told, and I know that, like, you're a representative of Jesus Christ. And so, so often, like, that's a heavy weight to bear when you're telling mm-hmm. yourself, like, I am a representative of Jesus Christ, which is true, but also, like, it, it's heavy weight and so anything that i didn't do perfect i was like man i'm not living up to my representation of who i'm supposed to be so there was a lot <laughs> going through my head and luckily this therapist was able to help me and um still has had an impact on on my life till till today although i don't remember his name i'm very very appreciative to him and what he did for me and that one session was all that i had Yeah, but even in that moment, like, you didn't know you had OCD. It's not like in that one visit he diagnosed you. No, we didn't even say the phrase mental health. He just kind of talked to me, like, Like checking in. And as a missionary, you don't go by your first name. So nobody called me Thomas, but he sat down and he said, how are you, Thomas? And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is the first time in, like, a year, aside from, like, letters from my family and Alyssa and friends, like, that somebody's calling me Thomas. And it reminded me almost of, like, my identity in a way. Yeah, but it's just crazy, like, you made it through all of that, and you were able to have strength and press forward. I think it's incredible. You can't see us here. We're both kind of just shaking our heads, like, in disbelief, (laughs) knowing that... It's amazing, really. And I I don't want to take... I don't want to give all the credit to myself. Again, I've mentioned it so many times, but, like, this could not have been done 
by myself. God was helping me and seeing it through and helping me learn through this experience too. But I also feel like we should mention um, if you have been through this um, and you didn't make it through and you did go home, that that's okay too. Absolutely. like that, that also takes strength. Like Thomas mentioned, the thought of him having to go home and not finish, like that was exhausting and terrifying too so if you've gone through this and you did leave and you chose that this wasn't for you and this wasn't mentally healthy for you like that is also a really really hard choice to make super hard no matter what no matter if you press through or no matter if you went home and then had to get mentally healthy and at home like it takes strength like mental mental health disorders are no joke and so no matter where you were when you had to go through this or figure this out like you are strong yeah it's just it's mental health struggles are just as real as physical health struggles except you can't see them we make make the analogy all the time like if like in this situation if you were out on your mission and you broke your femur like and you couldn't walk and you had back problems whatever like you would come home and it wouldn't even be like a, oh my gosh, you came home. Like mental health is just as real. Like it's a real thing and something that's, it eats at you from inside sometimes and just causes you to feel absolutely worthless. So thank you for bringing that up, Liz, because that's very true. Because I mean, I don't know if anybody listening has been in that situation where they do end up coming home because of mental health, but you are not any less because of that. You're loved and you're not going to find two people that are more compassionate and understanding <laughs> about mental health because we have dealt with that for years now and know that it's serious and real. So you're you're not alone. But Yeah. And I also, I realized, like, we talked about um, writing each other. We haven't really, like, mentioned how we've been in touch up to this point. So you're, like, over a year into your mission now. And, like, we have only been writing letters which at the rate of the way mail works going to a foreign country equated to like a letter per three months. It was essentially a letter per school semester for me. Because you'd write one to me, send it off. It would take a month and a half, two months to get to me. And then I'd write back and and then it'd be a month and a half, two to get back to you. So And then I was so dang busy at the time and you were so dang busy. So it's not like I would get it and write back right away. Like it was like a process. Like honestly, sometimes I think it would take me like a week or two weeks or more writing it to like actually write back. Like I would write the date and then I would start to write and then like I'm pretty sure my letters had several yeah like dates written on them because we couldn't i was like sheesh how long did you take yeah so we like in all honesty up until this point we had only written a handful of letters in the year i mean aside from mtc time where letters were quick and we we didn't write a ton in the mtc either there was like like the the dear elder i think is what it's called you could type a message and then it would print out and come to me but like Aside from that, actually in Argentina, in this time that I'd been in Argentina for like seven months now, you had probably gotten me two letters. Yeah, I'd gotten you really... two letters. But luckily for us, about halfway through now at this point, um, my mission president... Probably a little more than it was that. Pro- yeah, it was probably around March or so. Um, my mission president changed the rules slightly so that we could so that we could email anybody, not just our immediate family. So that allowed us to now at this point begin communicating 
on a weekly basis maybe mm-hmm. maybe not every week but like because we we're still busy but at that point at least we were able to like so say quick hello, hello quick something that was definitely nice that was a game changer <laughs> it was super nice because those like times when i would literally go months without hearing for you were tough i would just question everything you'd get my like email that i'd send to like my family yeah, to like be sent would, to everybody i would hear from you in a group sense but like along with as, everybody else, as far so. as like just i don't know just i would just question a lot of things like how do i even feel about this guy and i was still dating imagine around. me at least you got check in and hear from me via that letter i had no idea what you were up to yeah that is true you didn't hear from me i had no idea it's probably better that way <laughs> yeah yeah it was it was good but um we we've been talking for for a bit here just because it's like i don't know talking like this out loud brings back memories and starts to jog our memory and those two years like are integral really dear like to us like we grew so much and we learned so much and thomas had incredible experiences on his mission he was able to meet incredible people he was able to teach people he was able to love people and serve do so much service and I honestly, I was able to do a lot of similar things just in really different ways. And so those two years are extremely valuable to us into our relationship and to our story. And so even though like really in the scheme of things, two years is not that long, it was a lot for us. Like we learned and we grew so much and it was nice to do it apart. Like we learned who we were as individuals and absolutely so i could go on and on about the things i learned and the growth that i experienced and everything So, if you have any questions you can send them his way but we just we really just want i mean it's been a good reminder for us just how much those two years meant to us like we really learned so much and had a lot of valuable lessons and went through some really really hard times like we both did individually with our own lives and with our own families and things like that we went through some really tough stuff yeah got some really tough news on my mission my family Alyssa's family when there was a serious traumatic event that she went through that still impacts her today so we went through a lot and so we value those lessons we value each other we i think too just learning um how we each persevered through our own trials too and how we each were able to learn and grow um and honestly like how we each turned to god in these moments too without each other there by our side like it had to be something that we learned and did by ourselves too Mm -hmm. it was it helped us to realize that we are strong as individuals but also at least for me i'm not going to speak for you but it also showed me like that there's strength in numbers and Mm -hmm. like having you by my side with things like obviously i was able to do this mission thing without you physically there by my side but like it was easy for me to see how much strength you actually give me and how much strength my family gives me and it helped open my eyes to the importance of having genuine relationships Mm -hmm. in your life whether that's romantic relationships with your spouse or you know friendships Mm -hmm. or familial relationships like life 
revolves around relationships and more than anything else these two years showed me like relationships mean everything especially Mm -hmm. the relationship you have with god or with you know the deity that you worship the almighty whatever it is whatever you believe in like having a relationship with a higher power for us that is god like that makes all the difference in life relationships mean everything yeah but spoiler alert we ended up together (laughs) surprise so we want to talk next time a little bit more about thomas's mission ending and when we got to see each other for the first time and kind of what happened after that then you know we got engaged and got married so a little bit of a spoiler there don't give it all away (laughs) but we do want to go over that next time but we really appreciate you guys listening and hope that you enjoy listening to this these pieces of our heart today because these years really meant a lot to us so we thank you for listening love the nilsons (laughs)